Guys, I want to thank the sponsors of the podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com, my friend Cody Nelson, the glassing guru, the optics authority. He's the optics manager at GoHunt.com. If you have any interest in buying optics or have any glassing questions, whether it be tripods, spotting scopes, rifle scopes, range finders, anything to do with glassing, give Cody a call 702-847-8747. That's extension 2 or you can email him at optics at gohunt.com. You can also send him a text or call him on his cell phone at 602-399-3699. Guys, right now at GoHunt.com Insider, you can take advantage of the free trial. Go to GoHunt.com forward slash J Scott. You're going to be able to take advantage of a free trial of the Insider. GoHunt is always adding more value for their Insider members. They've now added real 3D maps as a part of Insider for no additional cost. What an incredible value. Very soon, they're going to have their mobile app up as well. Go to GoHunt.com forward slash Scott and sign up for a free trial. If you're already an Insider member, it's automatically part of your Insider membership. And you can just go to the Maps tab up at the top once you sign in as an Insider. I also want to thank Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. That's the gear that I wear on all of my hunts. To find out more, you can go to KUIU.com, Kuyu.com. They're a direct-to-consumer company. They sell everything off of the Kuyu.com website. I also do a lot of question and answer on my Instagram where I'm answering questions about guys wanting to know about gear about Kuyu, so tune into my Instagram. I want to thank Kuyu for their sponsorship. I also want to thank Phonescope.com. Use the JScott20 promo code. You're going to get a 10% discount on all orders. And I want to thank AllElk.com, home of the Bugle Mule. Use the JSO10 to save 10% on all orders. The Bugle Mule attaches to your bugle, and it's a great little carrier that holds three elk calls right there on your bugle tube. And it's I can't wait to use it this season. Again, thanks to all the sponsors of my podcast. Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today we've got my friend Craig Steele of Rocksteady Exclusive Pursuit Outfitters and Big Bulls and Bucks R Us. What are you doing, big boy? I'm just hanging out, man, trying to get out of the heat. Yeah, I'm sure. I, rain. Just sitting around like Craig Steele normally does. You're so hard to get a hold of and, and um, actually get to sit and talk to me. Usually you're bouncing down a dusty dirt road or flying by the seat of your pants man it's good to talk to you it's good to talk to you man all right it's hot isn't it um i want to get kind of the boots on the ground um you know report from yourself i know you've been out looking at antelope and elk so and and deer stuff how's it looking out there it's uh it's it's not good. Um, I wish I could speak more highly. Um, I, one of the drier Julys we've probably ever had. We did get a we did get a little bit of you know rain in some places that hopefully will hold it over. But catch water is extremely extremely dry. Some places, 
some isolated places got some catch water, but um, just the monsoon just has not fired off. And, um, you know, the, the animals are healthy looking, especially, you know, you can really see the difference on elk on bad years. But, I mean, they, they look pretty good for the most part, but it's going to start it's going to start impacting. I mean, it's, it's already going to have an impact on, on the timing and consistency of the rut. Um, it's very similar to last year, actually. It, it kind of reminds me of it. It's, I haven't seen two years that have been kind of somewhat identical. I'm just hoping that uh, in another week or so that we actually get some widespread one to two, three inches of rain in some of these places and get some runoff. Um, I, you know, I mainly in Western and central Arizona's where I look, I know that like Payson and some of that country's got some more rain, um, but Western and kind of central Arizona, some of it's all right. Other places are pretty dry. Um, browse feed's still good, but it's, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not one of those green grass years, and um, it's it's starting to get a little bit worrisome. That it's so dry for you know these animals are going to be a little bit more stressed out than what they normally are, especially for elk because the rut comes, you know, scheduled to come here around the middle of September. So it's not it's as good, it's as dry as what uh, you think it is, and it's been really hot. Um, and yeah, I just. I don't have a good outlook for that, you know. Okay, so, so we come off of a, of a fairly good wet winter, right? Yeah. But then into spring, a few showers here and there, and then it just shut off and no monsoons, usually by 4th of July, virtually no monsoons up in that, you know, let's call it um, I-40 corridor, Unit 10, you know, some of that country up through there, right? So it's... Yeah. the the moisture content in the soil is was fairly good, but now any of that is kind of dried out and then we didn't get monsoon rain. So what you're saying is, speaking about Unit 10 specifically, like is there any places where it's kind of greened up or is it just pretty dry and yellow, just kind of? No, there's, I mean, there's, there's a few places where there's definitely, you know, some half inch to, you know, a little bit longer grass but um and then there's places that are just bone bone dry looking but it's definitely not that you know um three to six inch gram of grass that we've you know already would have have on a good monsoon year by now right you know it's, it's, so it's, is your worry though similar to last year is your worry just that the rut will not it'll be fairly lackluster and won't be that intense you know yeah. great bugling it'll just kind of be sporadic and, and or yeah do you think it's going to be so much that maybe cows won't even cycle and did that happen I, last year i last year you know from what i witnessed last year the elk were really stressed out and weird you know yeah there's big bulls killed because it has nothing to do with that or very little to do with the growing season um, so there's big bulls this year too, you know, and, and there's going to be big bulls hit the ground, but, um, the rut, you know, uh, the, the cows just aren't going to cycle as normal as they should. And they're just, 
if they don't get the the rain through August in the places that they like to rut, they're going to be just more stressed out, in my opinion. They're, they're just not they're not going to cycle. They're not going to rut as hard as what they normally do, and it's going to be a little bit, you know, not a, not a, not at our advantage as far as hunter goes to you know slip in on a you know bunch of rut and fest going on because it, it's just going to be very isolated. Um, and I think that's what we're looking at right now. I think we're looking at a carbon copy of last year. Um, I'm hoping that we may, maybe it'll get better if we, you know, really flood out over this next three weeks. But from what I just read on the forecast for, you know, from the last few days, they're not very confident for the, at least the next week and a half of us getting any substantial rain. So that's, uh, that does not make you feel good, you know, as far as from a, you know, elk rutting standpoint, you you know, even just from a wildlife conservation standpoint, you know, I hate to see, you know, animals get stressed because there's lack of water. Um, I know there is, you know, water hauling going on in Unit 9 right now. There's, you know, ranchers that are running low on water to pump, um, and it's... Uh, it's that's a stressful thing for not only the animals but you know everybody that uses the resources out there so it's going to be kind of interesting um it's one of the reasons you know i've been scouting uh definitely have been you know looking for antelope and stuff i I haven't scouted for elk as much as what i normally do um just for the simple fact i just i haven't man i haven't wanted to you know really get after it i i because i don't know where the elk are going to be come because the feed's not right um i know they're not in the places they will be if we get some good rain and then on the other hand man i don't want to go bumping bulls right now um or cows it's it's literally that dry you know it's one of those things where i just i don't want to stress out any more animals than what we have to you know so what about um, the antelope you know, you always hear that antelope in dry, you know, dry times do better. How do the antelope look? And what's the story? Um, you know, yeah, you hear that. And, and I think I've said on here before, I'm not sure how, you know, entirely justified that is. But, you know, uh, the antelope this year, from what I've seen, I mean, they look pretty good. I, ha- I haven't seen an overall boom in like, oh, they're just record bucks everywhere. Um, I've scouted 5B, 18A, 18B, 15, a little bit of 10, a um, little bit of 7, and uh, 19B, but just haven't seen, a you know, a, like an explosion. And, you know, there's just big bucks everywhere. I've seen some solid bucks. Um, you know, the, the animals look healthy. Animals are always hard. They're kind of like sheep. They're hard unless you really get really close to them to see kind of their, their shape because they just, they don't have as much weight to them as an elk or even a deer to be able to kind of profile their body fat. But, uh, I mean, they, they look good, but I don't, I don't see a big jump in record book bucks, you know, um, although, you know, their growing seasons, you know, December through usually late June, you know, so it's a, a lot longer cycle. And, and we, 
it wasn't necessarily dry during that time frame uh, for us at all. You know, it was actually pretty wet uh, for the most part. But seen a, seen a lot of good bucks. Um, haven't seen, you know, only only a couple bucks that I would say were in a solid, you know, 83 to 85, maybe 86 range. Uh, and then a lot of bucks in that high 70s to kind of 81 range um it's 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 a funny you hear about 90s all the time you know, but you definitely don't see that many getting in into the red bucks are just there's just not that many big bucks around and it seems like the the areas that ha- have the big bucks get pressured pretty good um and get picked off by you know raffle and auction and and for whatever reason it seems like our antelope are not producing in my opinion um, as many big bucks as what it seemed like there used to be and i could be just 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 a little bit naive but it seems like you gotta look a lot harder to find a buck that's going to be 82 to 83 than you did 10 15 years ago so and i don't know i don't have an explanation for it for the elk hunters and antelope and archery deer hunters that have tags in their pocket for Arizona coming up that are, you know, planning to, you know, start hunting archery deer pretty soon and archery antelope, um, archery elk coming up, what do you do as a guide in situations like this where you've got dry conditions? Do you do anything different than... You know, how, how's your strategy? What what are you thinking? What advice can you give to people out there that are hearing you talk about how dry it is? Um, you know, the only thing I, for me, you know, obviously the elk is what, you know, the red elk hunts is what kind of, you know, is going to be the, I think it's going to be the biggest surprise to a lot of guys because you're going to, you know, a lot of guys are going to go into the archery elk hunts thinking, you know, they're going to hear ripping and bugling you know rutting fast constantly and it's just it doesn't happen on a good year let alone on a year where we get a dry monsoon so for me it's it's a matter of taking advantage of your opportunities you know i want to scout that week before the hunt more than anything um because that's when i'm going to have the most up-to-date information on you know feed water you know whatnot i mean the, the cows aren't even in the places that they won't be at for the rut right now just because it's not green and they don't have water everywhere. So um, if we do get rain between now and then, substantial rain, that's going to change. I mean, it could be like night and day. So I, I see a, it's that common mistake. You know, you see a lot of guys, just especially DIY guys, wanting to just put in all this time and scouting and and all is burning all the fuel, which is good to learn the unit and all that. But um, if it was a wet year, I'd say, you know, it's it's usually, it still can be a good thing because if it's all green out there, they got water everywhere, those elk are going to kind of settle into a spot earlier on a dry year like this. Um, wait until that very, you know, last seven to ten days before you really start pounding it. And that's what, you know, kind of will do. And then, from there it's just a day-by-day situation you know if you get a storm or if you don't have a storm what tanks have water 
um, finding the tracks, getting in high spots, uh, driving around at night, listening for eagles, um, you know, all of the above. And it's just a day by day thing, you know, because if, if the rut's sporadic, you know, you just want to make sure that you're uh, uh, not, uh, or you're putting yourself in the best situation to take advantage of it when they do fire off. Or if you've got to sit water, if you're in an area where you can sit water, you're you're on the best tanks, um, you know, so on and so forth. So for me, it's more of, of being patient. So so many people nowadays, you know, it seems like are talking about you know stuff that we used to talk about Jay, 10, 15 years ago, about scouting a whole bunch, blah blah blah, and they're they're showing how much scouting they're doing and all this, and then by the time the hunt gets here. You know, guys that burn out. We get clients that are want updates all the time. It's like we're not always out there in the field, you know, on a day in and day out basis until it's crunch time. Um, you just got to use your resources wisely. So that's why I kind of tell the guys for the archery openings is just relax and and let the, let the rain, you know, dictate, you know where you're going to be at in the feed um, and pound it as it gets closer and, and don't burn yourself out. As far as like, you know, antelope and stuff like that, I mean, they're, the archery hunts are getting ready to fire off here in a couple of weeks. So, you know, you could be, who knows for that. I mean, it's obviously kind of go time for scouting on that. And you just kind of kind of play it by ear as well. The monsoon shows up and puts down a bunch of water. It'll change your hot, but if it doesn't, Obviously, same water is going to be a great tactic. Um, as far as for the archer deer hunts, the, the over-the-counter hunts, which we kind of more specialize in, um, we don't have any archer deer um, clients for the early season, which I'm kind of glad because I think some of these bucks are are going to finish out just a little bit, a little bit later. Um, the deer look healthy. Um, it's just they're not going to finish out as strong as what they would have if we'd had that good early monsoon. Um, and I don't think it has as drastic of an impact on their rut cycle, um, the monsoon, as it does, you know, uh, elk. For whatever reason, elk seem like they're the ones that are the most impacted by dry conditions. I think it's just because the monsoon is, it really puts them in the, into a comfort zone and puts them into a place that, you know, they have all the feed, lush grass and you know, they're just, they're just feeling great, and their body chemistry is just at peak, you know, toward the end of the monsoon because of all the lush grass and feet. Um, and then when they don't get it, it just doesn't happen. Um, and the late the late hunts, man, I, I, think, I think they're going to be fantastic again, you know, um, as good as they can get. Because one thing is, if there's not a strong cycle with a good hammer up here, I think like last year, we're going to see less bulls that are, you know, broken going into the the late season. So that could be a, a benefit. Uh, but it only takes one fight. You're missing 30, 40 inches of antler. So um, that's kind of my thoughts on that, Jay. Uh, I was thinking about the late elk hunts the whole time you were talking about, you know, potentially a lackluster rut. So you've got a year where winter uh, moisture was good so should mean uh, bone density antler density is good 
and maybe not as much breakage. And then you throw in a, a maybe a, you know, kind of a lackluster, you know, not real fired up rut potentially. Maybe some of those late hunts will be good because the antlers won't break um, is exactly what I was thinking. What What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, and, and we just said the same thing last year. I mean, there was still, you know, there was still a number of broken bulls, but I don't think it was as bad as what it could have been. I know us, you know, going into the early rifle hunts, we had bulls that um, that weren't broken that are always broken, you know, going into that hunt. Um, so it, it definitely, I think, for, for the most part, if you could look at the percentages last year, depending on, you know, this is just as a whole, as a general rule, I think for the most part there was less breakage last year, and I think it's going to could hold true for this year as well as as a whole it doesn't mean that you know one area is not going to see more breakage than another area um our bull's not going to break that's for sure but um it might be a good year to have you know a late season tag just because if they're if they're not if they're not running as intensely then you know there's probably going to be less uh, conflict so Moving forward, uh, tell us, give us the scoop on Rocksteady. Um, tell us what you're making and what you're up to. Obviously, I'm sure you're not going to tell us everything, but um, <laughs> this is uh, like waiting for the movie Top Gun to come out or something, and then they keep postponing it and, and telling yeah. them that they want it to be just right. And you're like, come on. Yeah, I mean, that is, uh, so Rocksteady hunting gear, and I've talked about it on Jay's podcast before, uh, it's essentially started with the idea of, you know, building a, building a bipod, a hunting bipod, specific bipod. And then, uh, you know, going from somebody that doesn't have an engineering background, started, you know, contacting engineers and, and product designers to build a prototype for me based on what I wanted as a, as a hunter that does predator hunting and, and big game hunting, Western big game hunting. Um, we're really close to getting the final prototype done. Um, over the last three months, the last prototype that we had, uh, I mean, I, I called it 90%. I think we're 80 to 90% there on that one. Um, I don't even have it in my hands. I sent it back to the designer because he's making some functional upgrades on it. But we're getting close. We're going to have pre-orders available on our website, Um or via our email list, if you sign up for an email list, you'll get uh, basically a kind of an invite to pre-order, um, and you'll get our lowest pricing ever on the product. Um, and that will, sometime this month, we'll roll that out. Um, and it's a pre-order. Um, I'm not going to mention when I think we're going to end up shipping out iPods um, because I don't, I have learned my lesson and, uh, coming out with dates uh and then uh not reaching just out of my own naiveness as far as how long it takes to get a product to market but we're making right now we're our our bipod our initial bipod was built around my size for for a guy that was my size a guy that was you know six foot plus i'm six foot three and a half um and we call it the prone to 42 inch so it goes all the way from basically five inches off the ground line prone to 42 inches so um the goal was to be able to 
not uh, sacrifice the stability of a long-range prone position in a bipod while still allowing you to sit on a side slope or an angle shot or out of a stool um, on a bipod that's appropriate height. Um, most bipods out there today um, are go up to about a max of 27 inches. Um, and that's, that's all right if you're on flat ground or if you're, you know, below six foot in height. But if you start getting any uh, inclination or you're, you're sitting on a slope or, or sit in an elevated position in any way, uh, which, you know, is a lot of the shooting for Western big game hunting and, and about 90% of the shooting for predator hunting, um, you're in an awkward position and, and many times you're not in the right position. So you got to carry sticks or you got to, you got to shoot off a tripod, which there's a time and a place for tripod shooting, but you know, a tripod just got three legs and it's just not as, you can't maneuver it nearly as well as you can a bipod. So, um, we're coming out with three models, the prone to 42, the prone to 34, which that's for guys under six foot. Um, guy that's under six foot can order the, you know, prone to 42, um, but we're, we're making them for guys that are above six foot and guys that are below six foot uh, or gals. And then as well as we'll come out with a, just a, uh, what we call, I don't know what we're going to call it yet, but it's, it's designed to go from low prone to high prone. Um, so if a guy just wants to a prone bipod, um, they can come out with that or they can buy that one as well. So we're close uh, right now, Josh, uh, the lead designer on it, or the, yeah, I would say he's the lead designer on it, is finishing up some of the functional stuff that we had to change on it. Um, and uh, hopefully I'll have that prototype in my hand by the end of the week. Um, we've already begun doing what we've been waiting on for the pre-orders is doing a cost analysis on what it's going to cost us um, on our end to actually build the bipod and then from there we can start we can you know come out with a price structure um for our pre-orders and for retail so that's where we're at jay and you know i've been working on other stuff as well um, not just the bipod um, but the bipod is the initial product that we're putting to market um, and uh, i'll just say that the, all the other products that we're going to come out with are all based um, right now are all based on the guy that's, you know, a serious Western game and predator hunter, um, um, a guy that, you know, doesn't want to use more gear, wants his gear to be functional, durable, and to be um, also with the mindfulness of, of weight. Um, so, you know, we, you may see binocular tripod adapters you may see you're going to see some a tripod from us uh, you're going to see a whole system around uh, the stability of making you know shots from prone to standing uh, but we're not going to add any more gear to our pack we're going to utilize the gear that already is already out on the market um, and we're just going to make it better um, and make it more functional and work as a system versus you know having 18 million different 
products out there that don't really provide a solution that, um, you know, it's kind of streamlined. So that's where we're at. Awesome, man. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing the launch of that company. And I know the, the uh, craftsmanship and the marketing and, and the business side of it, I know that's kind of in your wheelhouse. And it's nice to see you being passionate about something, a product that you actually want and want to use. And I think that's where you know, people that are successful, um, they find that niche of things that, you know, they actually want and want to improve on. And then they are able to, you know, see that passion through. And it's going to be exciting to watch you uh, come out with these products and sell them and market them and tell people, uh, you know, use transparency and let people know why uh, those products, why you think they're better than other products out there. So it's going to be a fun journey. It already has been to watch and um glad i was able to catch up with you and get a little report up there and uh yeah it's always great talking to you uh tell lee hello and um oh what about sheep um did you guys are you do you still need some sheep hunters or do you have sheep hunters or where what's your what's your stance we would like to get one more sheep hunter we got one sheep hunter um right now which you know you know how it is in arizona you're always blessed to get one sheep hunter so um, we've got one sheep hunter in the 15 Ds, and then uh, uh, we would love to get another one, in, you know, in the Region Three area, uh, but uh, hasn't happened yet. So we'll see. Right on, man. Well, sounds good. The season's about to kick off, so I know it's going to be a little, little harder to get a hold of you. So I just wanted to catch, touch base with you um, before that, and wish you the best, and can't wait to see some of the first products from Rocksteady. So I uh, appreciate you coming on and uh, yeah, get after them this season. I know you guys will. All right. Thanks, Jay. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. God bless. Bye-bye.